Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Episode 17, Unlocking Your Full Potential and Awakening Your True Powers Through Ayurveda with Sahara Rose. Welcome to the Alternatively Healthy Podcast. I am your host, Becky Rabin, personal trainer, wellness coach, and founder of online wellness magazine, Alternatively Healthy. This is your high vibe, soul soothing weekly dose of wellness. Each week, I will be getting up close and personal, bringing you conversation and insight with some of the wellness industry's most renowned health practitioners, coaches, experts, and thought leaders from around the world. Through our podcast, we hope to give you all the information, resources, and tools that you need to help shape the healthiest and happiest version of you. Sahara Rose is the best-selling author of The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, which is the number one best-selling Ayurveda book globally, and the upcoming Eat Feel Fresh, a plant-based Ayurvedic cookbook. She has been called a leading voice in the millennial generation into the new paradigm shift by Deepak Chopra, who wrote the forward for both of her titles. Sahara hosts the Highest Self podcast, ranked as the number one top podcast in the spirituality category on iTunes. Sahara's overall mission is to awaken people to their innate potential so they can share their gifts and fulfill their purpose on this planet. So hi, Sahara. Hi, it's so good to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited about this. We are in our second series now of the All Healthy podcast, and I'm super excited to bring what you teach to my audience because I know it's something that they are really starting to tune into. And obviously, you and I met back in LA when I was there, and you told me your story and how you got into Ayurvedic teaching. And you know, you're just a normal girl trying to fight the same issues and fads that we kind of all have, which is what I love about you. So please, please, please do share with my audience just a little bit about you and your story and kind of how you got into where you are today. Yeah, I think it's really important for people to see. Sometimes we think people who are like doing something like spiritual or like alternative, like they must have grown up in a household that does that, or they must have been exposed to it from the time they were a kid. And it is so not the case. So I grew up really a junk food addict, McDonald's, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, everything. And (laughs) I eventually got really bad asthma. I was overweight. I couldn't play outside as a kid. I got to the point that every time I went outside, I would get an asthma attack. So I couldn't go outside during recess. I couldn't Mm -hmm. play sports. I had to quit dancing. I had to quit everything and just like be inside all the time. That eventually made my personality shift. I became like addicted to just like playing on computer games and like really afraid of nature. And eventually when I was in middle school, I wanted to lose weight because I was so self-conscious about how I looked. So I looked at the trusty Cosmo magazine, the (laughs) teller of all truth. And it said that Jennifer Aniston practiced hot yoga and that's how she looked so great. So I was like, okay, sure, I'll do hot yoga, whatever it takes to look like Rachel from Friends, right? (laughs) So I start practicing. I go to my first class, and it's so hot, and I'm wearing, like, a sweatsuit, and everyone's, like, doing this choreography, and I have no idea what's happening. And for the first time, I felt connected to my body, not trying to run away from it, not trying to, like, run the one mile under 12 minutes to, like, pass the seventh grade, not trying to do an obstacle course, but just to go deeper within. Yeah. And I started to cry and it was just this like 
massive re-emerging into the South. So I made it my top secret mission that I would go to yoga after school and not tell any of my friends because it's so embarrassing that I'm trying to lose weight and doing something that like 40-year-old women do. And this is way before yoga is cool (laughs) at all. So I start practicing and then eventually I start to get curious. What is yoga? Where does it come from? What are the Vedas? Who are these authors in the subject? They start reading books, Deepak Chopra. I start reading about Gandhi's life, all of these amazing figures. And it changes my outlook on things. When we practice yoga, we think we're just doing it for losing weight or to get more balanced or whatever else. But really, it's shifting our entire cellular being Mm. so it's amazing um, how yoga always seems to be the door in doesn't it it is because it's such a friendly door and it's something that we could all use a little bit more of as I start to practice I started to get more and more into health and nutrition eventually I became a raw vegan because I believed that junk food is bad for you then eating only fruits vegetables and nuts and seeds that I don't cook must be the absolute healthiest thing I could do so I became a raw vegan and at first I felt really great I was really happy with it and I was living in Boston at the time Boston is really cool guys and snowy <laughs> eventually I started to get so cold like shivering to my bones cold and my hair was falling out and I was losing all this weight and I would be like at the gym and I would faint and people would tell me like you don't look well are you okay and at first I was like oh it's just because I'm so skinny and I look so good but they weren't meaning it as a compliment And my period wouldn't come and I wasn't sure what was going on. A a year passed, two years passed, no period. And I couldn't digest anything. Every time I ate food, my stomach would hurt so bad that I would be like curling on the couch just trying to break down the meal. So I went to every doctor. I went to gastroenterologists, endocrinologists, everywhere under the sun. And they all told me, oh, you have IBS. Oh, you have hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is basically your hypothalamus, your brain is telling your body to not get its period, but we don't really know why. Mm. So take this pill, just get on birth control, just do this, just do that. It'll fix itself. And I'm like, well, if I'm not getting my period, doesn't that mean like I can't have a baby? They were like, yeah, but you're not trying to get pregnant. So when you're trying to get pregnant, we'll just do IVF. So bad. Yeah. Okay. So like this is the gynecologist's advice. Like don't worry about it and then we'll shoot you up with some more hormones when you want to have a kid. But there was never any like question of like what is actually the root problem of this. But I knew that there had to be something. There has to be a reason why like nothing in my body is functioning and these doctors aren't going to help me. So I need to figure this out on my own. So I start to research. I start to try every diet. I start to try acupuncture and look up about SIBO and do I have this candida do I have this issue adrenal fatigue like all of these things that were never told you know a lot of like western medicine doesn't even acknowledge them as actual issues but they're things that a lot of the population deals with at that time I was volunteering in India teaching health and sanitation in the slums of Delhi still a raw vegan in India which is like unheard of they used to call me the cow because they had never seen a person eat raw greens before (laughs) and while I was there I was like okay I've tried every doctor might as well go to this Ayurvedic doctor and I had heard about Ayurveda I had studied nutrition they had briefly mentioned it in my nutrition school but I kind of thought it was like weird this like psychic astrology thing that was not based in science and I like studied sports nutrition like very fact-based person yeah so the moment I went she immediately told me she's like beta which means like daughter you're too pretty to never have baby and I'm (laughs) like what how does she know? How does she know that I don't get my period without me telling her anything? Mm. She took my pulse and she looked at my tongue and she looked at my face and asked me all these questions. What kind of dreams do you have? What kind of this, that? I'm like, I'm here for my digestion. Why is she asking me all these questions? And she basically tells me that my body had shut down. I had gone through perimenopause, which is when your body's going through menopause, but you're not in a menopausal age. I was 21 and I was at risk of Alzheimer's and osteoporosis because my brain and my body were not getting any of the nutrients that I needed because my digestion had basically shut down. And why had my digestion shut down? Because I wasn't 
able to break down the foods I was eating, all of these raw foods I was eating, I'm, I'm actually not able to digest well because I'm a vata, an airy person, which we'll mm. talk about. And that made my period shut off because I was malnourished and that made my brain fog happen and that led to anxiety and that led to insomnia and like all of these issues I had, like I would always get injured, it'd always be cracking, my back would always hurt. All of these issues I thought I just had, I then realized they were all actually interconnected. Mm. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. I've never had someone tell me that all of these issues, she knew about them, but without me telling her, but the suggestions she gave me were really old school Indian and I was like, you know, this isn't really going to fly. It was like, eat a lot of ghee, eat just yeah. kitchen for every single meal, like take all of these herbs and spices for the rest of your life. So I really longed to figure out a way to make Ayurveda work, but still for today's day and time and to kind of look at it from today's perspective and go back and question, you know, are all of the things in Ayurveda necessary? How can we pick and choose the best and pair it up with what science is pointing to us as the truth. For example, now we know 70% of serotonin is in the gut. Yeah. Now we know that the actual brain chemistry of what we classify as vatas, pitas, and kaphas are different. And that makes us digest food and carry weight and all these things differently. So I became obsessed with like bringing science into Ayurveda and then picking and choosing how can I make this work. And yeah. not only did it heal my body and my period and my bones and everything, but it also made me mentally way more just like focused, organized, disciplined, go-getter person, something that I never thought I could be because I was able to balance that airiness yeah. through my diet and lifestyle. It's so amazing. Honestly, I just got goosebumps when you were talking about your story. I don't know if I told you, I must have told you this when I saw you in LA, but exactly the same thing happened to me in November. I was premenopausal, low estrogen, like going to get osteoporosis and need to go back on the pill. Like that is the same. Wow. The same I did not know that. Thing. Yeah. Exactly the same words my gynecologist said to me in November. And that was the bit where my life changed. And I was like, enough. This healthy life that I'm meant to be living has made me extremely unhealthy. The only thing I want to do in this world is be a mum, And it could possibly stop me from doing that. Like, it's so funny when you say that. I literally just got goosebumps because. I, I just got goosebumps <laughs> of you saying that because that was the turning point to me. The wow. fact that this healthy diet has made me literally yeah. unable to conceive like what is the point what, of it all yeah like what the hell are we chasing and like I think for me that's where everything changed and my mission in this industry and what's so interesting is I've actually been sharing that quite a lot just on my stories and stuff and I am actually like heartbroken at the amount of girls that I know will be listening to this right now who are battling with the same issues everyone is I mean I actually always have had periods which is why even more so my doctor was like oh you're fine because I've always had regular periods I've never skipped a period, but they then got irregular, but I never missed one. But I honestly, it's heartbreaking to me how many girls message me every day saying, I haven't had my period, my hormones are all over the place. What does the hormone imbalance look like? My doctor's telling me just to go back on the pill, la 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 la. And it's all from that. And, and it is, it's all from how nobody's looking after their health. Like everybody's caning it, everybody's starving themselves and years of restriction has meant that we are where we are. So yeah, massively just got goosebumps from you there. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> how funny is that? Same story. This is why I love mm -hmm. this world. So for anyone who is listening then, who has absolutely no idea on what Ayurveda is, because it's quite new here in the UK and there's only really a few people talking about it or people have heard of some of it, but what actually is the Ayurvedic perspective? What does it mean and what does it stand for? So Ayurveda is the world's oldest health system, and it is the sister science of yoga. A lot of us practice yoga. We're familiar yeah. with yoga, but really, when we are practicing yoga, we're practicing Ayurveda. So the word yoga means to yoke. It means to become one with Brahma, universal source energy, and it is inherently a spiritual practice. If you go to India and you tell them, I want to study yoga, you're going to get this big, fat Indian man sitting in front of you. He's going to say, okay, now we breathe. <laughs> and you're going to breathe and then you're going to leave and then you're going to say, wait, where was the yoga? Where was the downward dog and the handstands? And that's not yoga. That is part of an asana practice. The word asana when you break that down, means to sit in stillness mm -hmm. too. So even asana is not physical practice. Yeah. Asana is to do certain movements with the body 
so you could sit in stillness. So yoga is a spiritual practice, but Ayurveda is the predecessor. And it says, well, when your digestion is out of whack and you're anxious and your back hurts, how are you going to transcend the physical body because you are so stuck in it? Yeah. So Ayurveda is a physical and mental practice of balancing the mind and the body catered to the unique individual. We talked about the doshas. Yeah. We'll dive more deep into that, but yeah. it's really catered to the individual. How can we balance the mind and the body so you don't have to worry about it and you could go on and live your highest life? Yeah. And I absolutely love that as well because everything I teach here, I think, is now getting to this point of we are all so different. Every single one of us has different cells, different genetics makeup everything about us is so different so why are we all trying to chase this one-size-fits-all approach to health or we often go to people like myself I think the thing I found the hardest is as a personal trainer in the industry people have come to me for years to what I do in the gym how do I do it what should I be doing and actually it really comes down to everyone's different doesn't it so the whole premise is that we all have a different dosha type don't we and so what are those so the word dosha means energy yeah and there are three doshas that are comprised off of the five elements. And the five elements are the natural elements of the earth. They're air, space, water, fire, and earth. So these five elements come together to create these three doshas, yeah. vata, pitta, and kapha. Okay. Vata is a combination of space and air. To make it easy, I like to just call it the air dosha or the wind dosha. Pitta is a combination of fire and water. Again, to make it easy, I like to just call it fire Mm -hmm. because each of these is two-thirds of the quality I'm calling it. So Pitta is two-thirds fire, one-third water. Just call it fire. Yeah. Kapha is earth, two-thirds earth, one-third water. I like to just call it earth. But I like to give the kind of outline so you see that a dosha is – you're not just fiery. There's also still water in you too, you know? Most people, we become familiar with the elements in like Chinese medicine because they also have elements. They're a little bit different. They have wood and they have metal. Mm -hmm. The elements exist in all of us. The doshas are not only in our physical bodies, but we can describe food. We can describe the weather. We can describe the environment in the terms of these qualities. So if you're like, I don't get it at all. What are you smoking, girl? Mm -hmm. Let's talk. So let's say I was like... Becky, all the guys in L.A. are so airy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What do you think I'm describing? Uh, what are angry people like? That they like don't really have much about them. They just kind of like float by. They're not very powerful and they don't really know what they want. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think these airy people dress like? Like casual and floaty and chilled and not really into materialistic things. Cool. So what do you think they do for work? They maybe are like... I wanted to say teachers, but I don't know why. But like, yeah, maybe like yoga teachers or healers or something like that. 
Totally. Yeah. So I think we all kind of see the same thing. Airy, they're sort of like creative, they're eccentric, they march to their own beat, but maybe they're a bit noncommittal and maybe they jump from one idea to the next. So in LA, we call them slashies. They're like, oh, I'm a photographer slash graphic designer slash model (laughs) slash a yoga teacher slash psychic medium slash like, <laughs> everything else it's like okay yeah so oh my god I totally do that though <laughs> right I think a lot of us creatives are yeah. so there's a light and a shadow side to everything so the light side of vata is with all these air-like qualities when you're airy you are able to move from one thing to the next you don't become attached you don't get let down if things don't work something doesn't work out you move on to the next thing you're like the air right the air you can't contain it it just keeps flowing keeps moving you're really creative you're tapped to source you are intuitive you see the bigger picture of things you are artistic you have bird's eye perspective you're able to imagine a world that most people cannot see so i like to think of steve jobs as a great example of this steve jobs was very very vata he was able to see a world where we had these incredible devices that like did everything for us and we know that he meditated in the himalayas for many years he was a raw vegan he named apple after the apple like he had such vata qualities But we've also seen the movies about him, and we know that he also was erratic, and he was not always the most consistent person, and he wasn't there for his kid, and then was there later on, and, you know, he had a lot of the shadow sides of the air-like qualities, too. Mm -hmm. So that other side could look like being anxious, not being able to make up your mind, going from one thing to the next, starting a new project before you finished the other (laughs) one having trouble sleeping because your mind is just wandering. Like, I mean, my computer, I have like 500 zillion tabs at the same time. And then I'm going from one to the next to the next. And I'm like, I don't even know what I was just doing. So that is when you're having too much air and you're not really able to channel it. So in the body now what that looks like is airiness so imagine if i was like Ooh, becky i feel like my stomach is really airy yeah what is that like bloated bloated can't digest gassy, food. yeah constipated wow this is so, so interesting this is me through and through. right so you're vata then or yeah. you have vata imbalance going on yeah so bloating gas constipation air in the system is going to feel like cracking stiff joints you wake up in the morning your neck hurts everything hurts everything feels so tight maybe that's why you became a physical therapist honestly yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> And then in the blood, it feels like your blood counts are low. Maybe you get cold all the time, cold hands and feet. Your hair is going to be dry. It's going to be rough. Tendency to get frizzy easily. Your skin's going to be dry. So we see the qualities of air mentally, physically, all over the place. Interesting. So that doesn't mean that if you are Vata, you're going to have all of these qualities. It just means that to the degree that you relate to Vata, you're going to have these qualities. This is what the Vata archetype looks like. So you may have some things you relate to. You may be more mentally Vata, but not physically. You may be physically, but not mentally. So that's why, like, for example, on my quiz, I always separate the results between the dosha in your mind and in your body on IamSaharaRose.com. You can take that quiz. But I think it's really important because a lot of people, they get confused because they can kind of relate to one dosha in one and like, mental and not physical they don't know what to do so i like to separate them so you have like a complete understanding of what you are yeah so for those listening who feels like they're a vata yeah i think there's a lot of those i think there's a pressure amongst us at the moment to be so much more you know like only really in the last year that everything for me has changed where i'm like you know what i don't need to be hustling like this i just need to be aligned i just need to be in alignment and tune in like rather than like constantly like scraping away or whatever i can So that's a barter and someone's listening to that and they can see all the kind of darker sides of it. What can they do to like balance that back out? So we want to balance it out with the opposite qualities. So if Vata is dry, cold, rough, we want to do warming, grounding, calming. 
that's going to bring that AR back into moisture, into solidity. Mm-hmm. So for the diet, that looks like doing lots of cooked foods, lots of root vegetables, yeah. sweet potatoes, ginger, turmeric, things that are going to warm your body up. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be doing all the salads and smoothies and juices and cold foods because that's going to increase your vata. And the reason why so many people have a vata imbalance, especially health conscious young women, is because all of the health foods we are told are the best for us are vata increasing foods. Yeah, that's so interesting. Lots of salads, lots of cold foods, lots of smoothies, juices, raw bowls, sushi. So true. And then we wonder why we feel anxious or why our periods stop. Period stopping is because your literal hormonal system is too cold. It's not getting the nutrients that it needs. In Chinese medicine, when they do acupuncture, they're trying to bring the warm, the blood, the chi back to your genitalia and hormonal Mm. area because for most of us, it's fled. A lot of us, we do intense exercise and then intense work and intense everything. Well, your body is saying, okay, it's not safe enough for me to reproduce. I don't feel in a calm environment. So I don't need to have a baby to survive. I need the human to survive first. So let's shut off the hormones because it's requiring too much energy and we need to save that energy for her. Digestion is not necessary. So let's shut off digestion. It's going to keep shutting off processes of your body until you're able to address what the root cause of stress is. And a lot of intense exercise causes stress. Yeah. See, for me, I think what people are scared to do is they are scared to change what they know because they're so fearful of like their body changing and not feeling good. But actually what's happening happening is that they're not actually getting to the place what they're always craving for. So when this all changed for me last year, I think for the last eight months, I've completely cut out like high intensity exercise. I've only just started doing bits of it now because I feel like I am way more rested. I now get up in the morning and I meditate and I journal instead of running out the door to go to the gym. And I think that ever since doing that, I don't train as high. I haven't changed in a bad way. I've changed in only a better way. I'm way more productive. I'm way more calm. And I feel like that's sometimes people's biggest fear, isn't it? Is changing what they know and being like, well, no, I can't stop working out at a high intensity for six days a week. Because what if I get fat if I do that? Or what if I feel like crap or I don't have any energy? And, you know, they say that going to the gym is their source of like getting rid of their stress. And I'm like, no, it, it's the stress itself. Absolutely. You know, what hit me was like, if what I was doing was working, I would have been there by now. Yeah. Right. If you're going to those high intense workouts and it's been a month and you're not noticing any change, in fact, you're gaining weight, it's clearly not working. So all you can do is try something else. I remember last year when my first book came out, The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, I was like, I'm going to be on all these stages. I'm going to be speaking. They're going to take so many photos of me. I need to get in the best shape of my life because I'm writing about health. So I need to look like the pinnacle of health, right? Mm. So I started to do all these boxing classes, spin classes, hit classes, and I gained more weight. I was at my heaviest that I've ever been. And I thought, oh my God, the more I would gain weight, the harder I would work out. Yeah. And that was actually what was causing the weight gain. Yeah, it's so interesting. So that's Avata. So then what are the other characteristics of the others? Yes. So Pitta is fire. So if I was like, ooh, Becky, that girl is super fiery. What do yeah. you think that girl is like? Like quite bullshy, loud, maybe a bit inconsiderate, maybe quite selfish, uh, mm-hmm. maybe quite center of attention. Totally. So we think passionate. Yeah. You know, the, the light side, she's passionate, she's driven, she's goal-oriented, she knows what she wants, she's going to go get it, she's vivacious. Mm-hmm. But the shadow side is she could be a bitch. Yeah. She could be pushy, bossy, angry, impatient, domineering, aggressive. A fiery person could go either way. So I like to think of it as a spectrum. And mm-hmm. it is Jennifer Lopez and Donald Trump. <laughs> so Jennifer Lopez is the sexy, fiery, like, yeah. go get it. She knows what she wants. She's in her 40s. She's killing it. She's like going hard at it harder <laughs> than ever before. Like the girl's not going anywhere yeah. anytime soon. Right. And, and she's sexy, like men and women. Everyone's just attracted to her because she has that fire. And she's also a Leo. So she's like super fiery. Yeah. But the other side is Donald Trump. 
and Donald Trump is an equally fiery person, but in every shadow way. So he's someone who's very aggressive. He uses us versus me. You can tell he has a lot of heat in his system. His face is always red. He even dyed his hair orange. Oh my like God. he wants to let us know, like I'm a pitta and yeah, I have a massive imbalance. Yeah. So we all need to send him some cilantro and <laughs> coconut water and stuff to oh, cool yeah. him down. But you can see he's like angry and he's like using this energy of rallying the troops, but it's coming from the shadow side of the pitta. So when you are a pitta person, you are naturally driven, hardworking, disciplined, organized. But when things don't go your way, that's when you become impatient and frustrated and annoyed and want to snap. So in the body, that literally feels like heat. It feels like you're getting hot and heat is rising. And our digestion in Ayurveda is called our agni, our internal fire. So if our fire is too strong, we're going to start noticing we have heartburn. Literally, your heart is burning. Pitta, we have the terminology in English, just like in Vrvato, airhead, spacehead. She's a space cadet. She's an airy fairy. Mm -hmm. Pitta, she's a hothead. She's hot-tempered, a hot mama, the same exact thing. So we're already using the qualities and elements to describe people. We just didn't really realize it yet. So in the physical body, that's heartburn, acidity, heat always rises. So when heat is trying to rise and leave your body, that will look like acne, Mm. oily skin, inflammation, rosacea, rashes. And that can also look like, for example, ulcers, too much acid in your stomach. Ulcers over time will lead to an acidic pH level. So a lot of times people who eat a lot of meat, they eat a lot of acidic foods, they become very pitta. So if you think about like that aggressive guy who just eats like steak and potatoes for every meal and he's hot tempered, well, he actually is creating that temper through the foods that he's eating. so interesting. I recently have really cut down my meat intake. When I originally did your questionnaire, I actually was both butter pitta which we'll go yeah. on to about, or it was like confusing as to which one I was. I couldn't quite figure it out. I've actually cut down the amount of meat. I actually went vegan for a bit, but, but I eat fish and I've like still introducing chicken and stuff because I don't want to restrict anything. But I felt so much calmer because I used to be like a right protein head with the gym. Like I used to just eat so much meat and I felt mm-hmm. so much better for cutting it out. So it's really interesting that you say that. For sure. Yeah. We'll talk about what to do if you feel like you're a cross in between and we'll be talking about the meat stuff too. But yeah, with Ayurveda, it says for pittas to really cut down the meat because meat is the quality is called a rajas and rajas is to like create heat in the body. So in the Vedic times, they would only want the warriors to eat meat because they wanted them to have a lot of heat and aggression because they needed to protect the country. Whereas now we don't have that predator to go against so that we end up snapping at the person in front of us in traffic or at our friends or someone else because we have all of this energy coming in and nowhere to properly expel it so that's why people who tend to eat a lot of meat they want to do crossfit they want to do really intense exercise but that's just their body like naturally needing to burn off all of this energy that they've brought on so interesting So So, yeah, so if you feel hot, inflamed, impatient, agitated, that's all pitta and what you need are cooling foods. So for you, salads would be a good thing and juices and fruits would be a great thing. And to do lots of cooling vegetables, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, coconut products, coconut oil, coconut milk, things that are going to cool your system down. So think about what grows in the summertime because earth naturally provides us with the foods we need for that season. So the summertime is pitta, it's hot. So the earth provides us with cooling foods. So think about the summery foods and that's going to be the type of things that pittas need. That's amazing. And then what, so they need slightly higher intensity workouts then or no no so you know fire in ayurveda like creates like okay. so if you're already really pitta yeah and then you do really high intensity workout you're just gonna get too more much pitta. fire yeah what you need are more cooling and relaxing exercises. Yeah. So, for example, we went to the Pilates reformer class together. Yeah. Like doing something like that would be a really good thing for Pitta. So you're still using your muscles and working your body, but you're not stressing yourself yeah. out and creating heat. Like yeah. you don't want to leave a workout and be like dripping in sweat. For a Pitta, that's not a good thing. For a Kapha, which we'll talk about next, that's a great thing. Yeah. They should be going to those intense exercises, but not for a Pitta. So interesting. And I think... 
this really is where like people are missing a trick is they're just not tuning into the fact that we're all individual and just because this person went to the gym and smashed a workout and got really sweaty and it worked for her just doesn't mean it's going to for you and you can keep trying and trying and trying and trying but until you listen to who you are and what's right for you you're not going to get the results you're after which is just so interesting Totally. Like if I am a hundred pounds overweight and every day I go and I'm just walking on the treadmill, I'm just walking and I'm sweating from that walking, Mm. I'm going to drop like 20 pounds in a month. But for the next person that may not do anything that may not even get a drip of sweat from that. So we all need different things. And then there could be that person who's pushing themselves, pushing themselves. Like the Vata may have adrenal fatigue. Pittas can have adrenal fatigue too. So I see a lot of people who are always at the gym. They're always at the workout class, but they don't seem to change to me. They always look the same because they've passed their body's threshold. And right now they're just working out of fight or flight. Yeah. So interesting. So then what about the kapha then? What's that characteristics? So kapha is earth energy. So Mm -hmm. if I was like, "Mm, Becky, I know this girl. She's so earthy. What do you think she's like? (laughs) She's really spiritual, really grounded, very calm. I imagine her to be tall and slim (laughs) and quite intuitive, but also not really like very committing and then lacking the like power side and the, the motivation side. Totally. And even in your description, you said she's very grounded. Yeah. So we think of the ground, the earth. Mm. We think of an earth mama. She's a bohemian. She doesn't yeah. wear shoes. She has long hair and she wears a flowy skirt and she like breastfeeds her kids yeah. until they're like eight years old. Yeah, and she's just <laughs> naturally know? slim. Yeah. So with the earth, you know, if we literally think about the earth, the earth provides us life, water, oil, resources. It's always giving, giving, giving. And we take, take, take mm. until earth is like, oh, hey, you just took a lot from me. So I'm going to give you an earthquake yeah. or I'm going to give you global warming or whatever else. So that's what coffers are like. They are natural givers. They put other people before themselves. They have this really calm and grounded energy to them. Mm. So Kafas talk a little bit more like this. Yeah. I don't know if you've had people on your podcast yeah. that speak a little bit more like this. Yeah. And then they breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they let you take it in. Mm. And if you're in person with them, they may stare in your eyes for a little bit longer than you feel comfortable with mm. so and to hug you for yeah. seven minutes. So and if funny. you are Pitta, you right now, you are like, oh my God, what are you going to say? Are you? Yeah. <laughs> so Kapha, the earth, earth moves slowly. Nature takes its time. Kaphas are luxurious in their movement. They're not in a rush. They breathe mm. and they allow for the pauses. Wow. And Sometimes we get frustrated and annoyed, but actually when you speak from this place, you command in much more attention. Yeah. But it is our vata and pitta and go-get ourselves that feel like if I take my time, I'm going to fall behind. Yeah. So most of us are really disconnected with our kaphas. Mm-hmm. And we feel kaphas may not be as ambitious. As you said, maybe she's not as fiery. Maybe she's not yeah. as determined. So when we see people who aren't moving as fast as us, we may think, oh, they're lazy. Yeah. But they're just operating with the rhythms of the earth. So kapha is actually the most sustainable of the doshas. If we had a marathon, kaphas would actually end up winning because they keep going. Yeah. But it may be harder for them to start. So kaphas may need that push. They may need people to encourage them. They may need to really sit and think about it and trudge their feet to get things going. Mm. But once they do, they will stay committed to it and they will finish it. And they are the type of people who will put everything into their projects because they're super patient. They're very detail oriented. They're the type of people that you work with and they will always remember your birthday and what that person wants for lunch. And they are like the glue that holds everyone together. They have Mm. this natural motherly or fatherly energy. They're calm, compassionate, loyal. They're the type of people who will have the same friends their whole 
lives, which is amazing. Yeah, but they sound like the dream. <laughs> but the other side is sometimes they can be a little bit lazy. Sometimes yeah. they won't take action on something that they know is good for them because it requires too much work. So they may stay in a position that no longer serves them because it's too hard to find something new. They may stay in a relationship that doesn't work for them because they don't want to start from the beginning. They may just remain a former version of themselves because they're happy with it. Whereas like uh, Pitta's like, I always need to be the most successful person ever. And Vata's are like, I'm not really sure what I want. And Kafa's are like, it's all good. So that all good really makes them happy where they are, but sometimes it prevents you from taking that push to get to the next level. So kaphas can be lethargic. They can, since the earth is heavy, they can feel a lot of heaviness in their bodies. They may feel sleepy. They may want to take naps. They may just move slower. They may not be able to think as fast. They need breaks. They may gain weight easily because we hold on to everything. We hold on to energy. We hold on to emotions and we store that somatically in the body so they can gain weight and have a hard time losing it. Mm -hmm. So often you see like the grandmother, right? Like she gains weight as she gets older and it's just because she's holding on to the whole family's energy and she's making sure everyone else around her is okay. And she gets these grandmother arms, you know, you think of like the bigger flabbier arms, really it's the holding of the space for so many people. And the grandmother is strong. She is so strong and she is so capable. I think of Kafa, the example of like, I mean, I guess you guys don't have Thanksgiving, but let's think of Christmas dinner. So it's Christmas dinner and your mom or your grandma is like cooking and she spent the past four days just cooking and making pies and the chicken and this and that. That sets up a beautiful table, invites everyone, has everything ready, and it's time to take pictures and she doesn't want to get in the picture because she didn't have time to take a shower and put on makeup and she doesn't feel pretty. Yeah. Wow. So this is the kapha energy. It wants to make sure the setup is good for everyone else. But when it comes to them, they put themselves on the back burner. Mm-hmm. So though kapha is so sweet and kind and loving, it's also the most likely to become depressed. Yeah. So a good example of this is Robin Williams. Robin Williams was yeah. making the world laugh. He goes down as one of the funniest people in the history of time. Mm-hmm. But... We did not know that he was dealing with a crippling, deep, dark depression because he probably felt like if he told anyone, then people wouldn't find him as funny and hysterical. And a lot of times, coffins feel like they have to be the rock that everyone relies on. Otherwise, the world will collapse. Mm -hmm. So it's that really heavy energy. So what coffins need is they need more stimulation and more lightness. So they need to get up in the morning first thing and exercise. They need to shake their bodies with cardio class. Like for them doing like intense, like heavy weights is not going to be good for them. They need to do cardio. They need to jump up around. They need to dance. They need to do Zumba. They need to get things moving. So that's going to give them more energy for the rest of the day. And then they're going to be making better choices, more stimulating choices in their diet that looks like spices, that looks like putting lemon and cayenne pepper and cumin and ginger and turmeric and cardamom spicing up their foods and staying away from foods that have kapha-like qualities, foods that are cold, heavy, dense. So no dairy, no sugar, no carbs. Though kaphas love them because they're comfort foods and kaphas love to feel comfortable, it's going to perpetuate the imbalance. So we always want to be eating the foods that will bring our doshic imbalance back into balance. Mm -hmm. So if you're confused, you're like, I don't know, I relate to all three. I feel like I've been all three before. You're always dealing, you're pacifying, you're reducing the dosha that is currently the most out of balance, that is currently the highest. Mm -hmm. So you were born with something called your prakriti, which is your natural born dosha constitution. Yeah. So for example, your prakriti, Becky, I'm going to guess is pitta, vata, kapha. Yeah. So you were born mostly pitta, secondarily vata, lastly kapha, which is actually my dosha constitution as well. You naturally were probably a go-getter and you were organized and disciplined and those things came naturally for you. But maybe you were relying on that too much and you were doing too much go-getter stuff. So that could have led to the burnout, the over-exercise, the over-exertion. 
and then you also have that side of you that's maybe really creative and vata and you you have all these projects going on you're trying new things but the part of you that's the lowest is that kapha side which interestingly enough when i described kapha you were like that sounds like the dream that sounds so good because that's what your body needs that's what you need to bring up and embody more of not saying you need to change yourself and become of pure kapha you can't even if you tried but you need to have more kapha like moments mm. in your life to bring your pitta vata constitution into balance does that make sense yeah totally makes sense so the kind of belief in it because i obviously said like i was a mix of two is that actually you do want to embody the best parts of all of them because i actually did a podcast in my last series with dana james i don't know if you know her but it was yeah, about the, yes. ar- the archetype diet and it was kind of the same yeah. thing I noticed when she was talking, it's very similar to what I had known or read about the doshas slightly, but she was just like saying you want to embody the best parts of all of them Uh and bring it into balance. Is that the same sort of thing or do you want to own the one particular dosha that you are? It's like, let's say you were born a lion, right? You're never going to be able to be an elephant because you're a lion. Yeah. But you don't want to be the angry lion that's bullying around all the other animals on the safari. You want to be a healthy and happy lion. So you can never change what your prakriti is, your natural born constitution, because it's in your DNA and it's who you are. And you want to be using the gifts of it. You just don't want to be fully operating only from that because then it's going to go out of balance. Yeah, okay, makes sense. But you don't need to be like all equal in three for example you could be thriving as a pizza and you're getting things done you just need to have some kapha some relaxation in your life otherwise you're going to burn out so it's going back into your unique version of balance Mm -hmm. which is i definitely think something i guess what i'm trying to promote as much as i can is that for me is what's made this year way more successful than any other year that I've had because I have embodied those like quieter times I don't do anything in the morning before I've meditated and like had quiet time I know that I physically normally can't work after 8 p.m at night I have to come down I have to bring myself back down I have to completely ground myself otherwise I don't sleep so I think it's like you can preach all of that so the cows come home but it's like people just need to understand how much better they feel and how much more productive. And I guess that leads me on to like my next point is obviously we've spoken about how each of these dosha types affect what you eat and your exercise and your health. But I guess they also relate to what you're like in relationships and with your careers, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the work I do is about taking these doshas into other areas of your life. So how it's connected to your dharma, your life purpose. How can you connect with different people? Let's say you in relationships are very vata and you're very free and and light and bubbly, but your partner is very pitta and he wants stricture and he wants to know what's next and he wants the plan. How can you relate like that and not bite each other's heads off, but make the best of it? So knowing about the doshas is like putting on this lens of looking at your life in a whole new way and observing the patterns where you never noticed them before it's really interesting so like when it comes to your career I guess there's certain elements that like you said I'm the same I have 100 tabs up I've got literally six things going on at the moment from my podcast to my program to this to that to this to that I'm literally just like efficiently going between all 10 of them at the same time but not so efficiently because you never actually feel like you've got anything done so I guess by understanding to bring in other elements you can change how you're working to be as productive as possible right yeah and at the beginning when you're trying something that's totally new for you it feels like you're going in foreign territory you're like Mm. oh my god i just always operate like this this is just who i am but once you try to really only focus on one thing and you realize how much more effective you are then you're like oh my god maybe this is going to become my new normal now so We have so much more control over our habits than we give ourselves credit for. And it really just comes with a decision. And the decision just comes with, well, things aren't working right now. I'm feeling scattered. I'm feeling stressed. I have all these projects and I'm not able to complete them. So something needs to change. It's not going to be the project. It has to be me. No, it's so interesting. And like, I know that you recently just launched your Awaken Your Powers masterclass, didn't you? So I actually... I got that and I thought it was really, really amazing. Is that for people who potentially want to understand how to be the best version and awaken their powers by understanding who they are and what their dosha type is like? Or is it separate to that? So the Awaken Your Powers Masterclass with my good friend Shaman Durek, who actually lives in London too, it is 
not just for you if you feel like you're a leader, because we all are leaders in our own right. It is for anyone that really just needs like this up-leveling, this reminder of what they're really capable of. And we share with you the exact tools and things that we've learned along the way, whether it is if you want to be a public speaker or a business owner or a healer or a teacher or a mother or any shade of leadership. And it's really stepping into your assertion, into your trust and into your pitta in a lot of ways with the light side of that, the pitta in you that's like fire and riled up and it's going to get stuff done and not get angry if it doesn't work out. When it doesn't work out, you're seeing that as really a blessing from your spirit guides or whatever it is you want to call it, that if it's not working out, it's actually redirecting you to something better. But when you can notice that and trust that, you're able to maneuver through life. Whereas a lot of us, we hold on to something that isn't working. We want to make it work, want to make it work. And then it happens and it ends up being a catastrophe. Yeah. So it's all about trusting the process, which will look different for you day after day, but noticing the science to look out for so you can move through it with ease and grace. Yeah, amazing. And that is all on your website, isn't it? And along with the guide where people can find out what their dosha type is, they can do the questionnaire on there for free, can't they? And then I know that your book is launching in London, isn't it? I think it'll be like the week after this goes live. It's yes, yeah, my book Fresh is going to be coming out in London. Hopefully I'm going to be able to visit you guys soon. We can do an event there together yes. and I'm so excited. And it's basically the recipes that helped heal my life. And it looks at food from a tridoshic lens. So how can I make a recipe work for vata, pizza, and kapha? So I organized it that the breakfasts are specific to your dosha that you're working on balancing. The lunches incorporate the six tastes of Ayurveda, which basically are the six tastes you need to never have have a craving and have all of the nutrients that you need, which you can then cater to focusing on the tastes for your doshas, which I describe in the book. And then the dinners are all tridoshic because a lot of people are like, oh my God, what if my husband is this and my kid is that? And like, how do I cook? Well, in India, I've lived with Ayurvedic doctors for years and they don't cook a new meal for every member of their family. They're able to make it tridoshic. They're able to use the ingredients that work for everyone and eliminate those that imbalance a certain person. So you don't have to stress about it. Like my goal for this cookbook is to give you the exact things and the foods and suggestions you need so you don't need to worry about food anymore yeah. and can go fry some bigger fish. Yeah, amazing. And that's your second book, isn't it? Because your first one is Ayurveda for Dummies, which we all have Yeah, the Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. Yeah. Amazing. All of this will be on the show notes anyway underneath. Honestly, guys, if you're listening, please, please, please check out everything because it will give you so many light bulb moments. And I think this is the way that I'm like really trying to incorporate as much as I possibly can to our audience because I know that they're all fighting the same battles that both you and I have been fighting for years and years and years and and not taking into consideration that there are just different elements to everyone as to what their health journey looks like and so beyond health but mental health and you touched on cravings there I mean we could talk for hours but I'm going to leave that there for this part and I think there's just so much we can obviously do together and I hope that you do come to London but thank you so so much for your time today Um, Oh, well, thank you for having me. And for anyone that's listening from this podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can send me a message on Instagram at I am Sahara Rose. Tell me you found me from this podcast. I love to hear from you guys. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me and I'd love to be of service in any way. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. Thank Thank you. you. You have been listening to the Alternatively Healthy Wellness Podcast Series by Becky Rabin. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please feel free to leave your comments and feedback below and don't forget to give us a lovely little rating. For more information on our podcasts, other episodes and to find out more about what we do, please visit www.alternativelyhealthy.co.uk And remember, shaping the healthiest version of you means looking purely at you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.